0: But now, let's turn to God's Word. So grab your Bibles and turn to 1 John, chapter 4. 1 John, chapter 4, and we'll be starting from verse 7. Let me bring us to God's Word in prayer. Heavenly Father, As we come to listen to you, quiet our hearts and our minds, our worries, our shopping lists, our fears, that we might listen to you, that we might obey you, that we might have your hopes and your commands on our hearts and your comfort too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how our love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Jono. Uh, Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. My name's Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, it's great that you can join us for church this morning. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, looking at that part of God's Word. Uh, we usually work our way through books of the Bible. That's our usual uh, habit on a Sunday morning, and we're working our way through the book of Romans. But this Sunday, for Mother's Day, we've taken a special pause, uh, and we're going to be thinking about that passage from uh, 1 John, and we're going to be thinking about sacrificial love. Uh, but to all the mums here this morning, and all the women here this morning, I hope you had a fantastic morning. Uh, are there any mums here who had breakfast in bed? A couple? One? lucky you lily uh uh breakfast in bed is not my thing uh there's something about no matter how many pillows i have i can never quite get comfortable with my legs sticking straight out uh, and the kids climbing all over me before i've woken up and don't even get me started on the food thing (laughs) food and beds don't go together in my mind um did anyone here get a great gift from school a mother's day gift from school yeah we've got some down the front uh i In Australia, where I grew up, they have this thing where where the schools try and turn Mother's Day into a fundraiser. Do they do that here? So what we we used to have to do is we had to, like the week before Mother's Day, bring in a Mother's Day gift and then all the Mother's Day gifts would be put out on a table and then the next day we would be told to bring some money and then we would go and we would buy a gift off the table that we all brought in and the school would keep the money and then we would take that gift home and give it to our mum. Do they do that here? The ironic thing was that most kids just went to the table and they thought, you know, they'd thought about what's a good Mother's Day gift and then they brought that in and put it on the table. And so when they go to the table and they think, what's a good Mother's Day gift, they just go and buy the thing that they brought in anyway. And so you end up paying twice for the same thing. Maybe that's just an Australian thing. Uh, I hope, mums, that you get some great Mother's Day craft after church, uh, from kids' church, something that you can put on the fridge and admire for the rest of the week or just leave behind at church like lots of you do. And I have this dilemma every week after church, do I, do I, do I return this to the, to the mother who must be cherishing it and wondering where they lost it, or do I <laughs> just recycle it? I can see what happens most weeks. Uh, this morning at church, we really do want to honour and acknowledge how wonderful mums and many of the women in our lives are, and how much they do for us. Uh, like Adele, I want to acknowledge that Mother's Day can also be painful, there's grief associated with it uh, maybe there's distance in terms of relationship or, or distance in terms of geography uh, maybe there's disappointment for a mother daughter mother son relationship or parent child relationship that's been difficult um, Mother's mother it can be a sad reminder of an opportunity that's been lost to maybe be a mother because of a host of reasons uh, we want to acknowledge that and if that's part of your story we want to honor that and we want to walk with you through that uh, we also want to acknowledge that a whole bunch of mothering happens not by people who are uh, kind of biological mums. Mothering happens by grandmas and aunts and cousins and friends and a whole host of people as part of our church family. Everyone working together to bring up children, caring for them, providing for them, modeling what it looks like to follow Jesus. Uh, it's, uh, and, and, and that kind of selfless service uh, for someone who's not going to be able to give you something back, it's something that's not really valued in our society. It uh, doesn't get a lot of airtime. Uh, that sort of love doesn't get a lot of government resources or celebrating. I think it's probably because we live in a world where um, uh, we're only really driven by uh, what gives us money or status. And so any sort of work that provides a big financial reward or prestige, those are the things that we honor and value. Uh, but you'd like to think that we live in a world where we value what is intrinsically valuable, uh, what is intrinsically fundamental and important kind of the bearing the nurturing the raising the forming of children into responsible adults of character Uh, and the reality of our world and our our, uh, the way god has made things is that mums do most do do a lot of that at great cost to themselves Uh, i don't know the last time a mum ever got paid overtime or got a roster day off annual leave uh, and then there's the stress and the sleeplessness and the constantly giving out to others. Uh, and So this morning we want to uh, praise and honour and give thanks to mums and all the women in our lives who pour out themselves uh, to the kids that God has entrusted to our care. Um, it's, mothering itself is a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful thing because often mothers display to their children uh, a beautiful form of love. Uh, They love in a way that's kind of uh, flourishing and fully formed, and it's a beautiful love. Uh, It's it's a love that's kind of not about outward beauty, uh, but there's something more profound about the sort of love that goes on in mothering, because it's a self-giving love. It's a sort of love where you're loving at great cost to yourself for the benefit of the other. And see when mothers and and those who do mothering sort of work do this when they love in this sort of way they display this incredible beauty for us all to see and they're like walking around they're like walking around little illustrations reminding us of what true love should look like what true love self-giving love should look like and it's wonderful because when we see this 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 model this illustration of self-giving love it gives us a tiny insight into what the bible is talking about when it talks about love self-giving costly love not the kind of sentimentalism and hallmark cards or warm feelings and fuzzy emotions but the kind of love that actually gives the kind of love that actually costs the giver the kind of love that actually sacrifices it's the kind of love that actually cares about the other person and what's best for them and does what's best for them even if it's not easy even if there's no benefit coming back now we've all had mothers and uh, different sorts of mothers and motherhood experiences, and some have been terrific at that. Others have experienced difficulty and disappointment. We all have a mix, but by and large, mothers and motherhood done best. It's this wonderful illustration of the Bible's, of the sort of love that the Bible speaks about. Now Adele's in kids' church this morning, so I can I got, I got free reign, right? Um, uh, uh, Adele, she has an allergy to cats right and and she has to have she has to hit the antihistamines pretty hard Uh, but lucy our daughter loves animals and then desperately wanted a cat and so adele out of self-giving love one day went out and got lucy a cat and kind of the puffy eyes and the runny nose and the kind of constant supply of antihistamines this is a kind of ongoing reminder in our house of this self-giving love and then I think about how my mum has loved me. I, uh, uh, it only started to dawn on me when I became a parent myself as to how much has gone into raising a child. Uh, right from the moment of conception, the kids in there taking from the mum, uh, taking food and nutrients and energy, taking away comfortable sleeping positions, uh, taking away the ability to look down and see whether you're wearing matching socks. Uh, and from what I'm told, giving birth isn't that easy either. <laughs> And then night after night, there is the crying baby and and mum gets up to feed the baby and uh, and care for the baby and look after the baby. And as a dad myself, I'd love to be more helpful, helpful, uh, kind of being up in the night uh, feeding the kids, but I just don't have the tools required to be helpful in that particular moment. And then there's the gross nappies that mums have changed, the meals cooked day after day. The hard grinding work of caring and loving and giving for the sake of another. Another. Uh, mums they might be far from perfect but that act of caring devoting so much of your life to the good and the flourishing of someone else it's this beautiful illustration this beautiful picture of self-giving love uh, we see it more broadly mums don't have a monopoly on this sort of love uh, when when done right we see this in husbands and wives in marriage Marriages where sp- spouses care for one another even when one gets sick maybe terrible decline Palliative care, deep depression, uh, the self-giving love that continues to love, even though that love may not be able to be reciprocated. And that sort of sacrificial love, that, that, that self-giving love, uh, it moves us somewhere deep inside when we see it. It moves us. Uh, we can tell that because even today, it's, it's in our movies. It's in our books. It's in our stories that have been passed down Over the centuries sacrificial love it's a major theme time and time again uh i think about some of my favorite movies les mis this kind of sacrificial love titanic Uh, i think there probably was room on that raft for the two of them but you know he let her have it and and he he kind of gave himself so she could live even harry potter this powerful magic of this sacrificial love—it's a, it's a, it's a love that's so deep and so transformative that we, we're, we're enamoured with it as a, as a society, as a, as a human species. That someone might love someone else so much that they would give of themselves so that that person might live. Now, I want—I uh, don't want to rain on Mum's parades this morning. Um, <coughs> As great as mums can be, uh, even the best love from the best mother is a pale reflection of another greater love. Uh, God's love for us. You see, and God's love for us is both beautiful and it's transformative. It's beautiful and it's transformative. And we're going to see that as we look at this part of the Bible this morning. Uh, firstly uh, being loved by God is the most beautiful it's the most beautiful thing here now have a look at that uh, with me at that passage we just read from 1 John chapter 4 uh, and uh, look what it says there in verse 8 verse 8 whoever does not know God so whoever does not love does not know God because God is love God is love Now what does that mean? You might have heard that a lot, Uh, you might have seen that on a church sign out the front, God is love. What does it mean for God to be love? Well it doesn't mean that he is kind of like the force of love, like whenever you see two people who are in love, uh, that, that kind of force working between them, that that's God. That's not what it means. It's actually saying something far more profound than that. You see the Bible teaches us that God is a personal being, an almighty Uh, powerful eternal personal being and that central to his being and central to his character is that he is loving perfectly and wonderfully and beautifully loving Uh, so much so that you could describe as the bible does here that god is love Uh, and any love that exists in all of creation any love that exists in all of this universe it ultimately flows from the fact that god is love He's the eternal, all-powerful, mighty being of wonderful goodness and love. God has and can only and always will be loving. And all that flows from his own self-giving, costly, sacrificial love. Now, we're not like that by nature. Just think think for a moment how, how easy it is for you to be unloving towards someone Yeah, you know, the head the hair trigger kind of anger or rage or jealousy it doesn't take much to push you over the line does it think for a moment how hard you find it to love particular people people in your family people who've crossed you but god is loving eternally in every circumstance in every moment in every way always and forever he is the fountainhead the spring the source of all love that flows in the universe it all comes from him and his self-giving love now the bible actually teaches us that god created this universe out of his self-giving love now god created the world not because he had a need uh, not because of his selfishness god didn't need the world he doesn't need us he doesn't need the universe now he created everything out of the overflow of his self-giving love every interaction that God has with all the world in creation is always loving even when God is punishing wrongdoing that's actually an expression of true love uh, I don't know whether you've ever really thought about it but to not punish wrong um, it's unloving uh, it's unloving to simply do nothing it's unloving to allow injustice or evil to 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 reign to go unchecked Uh, if my children are doing the wrong thing I'm not loving to them to just let them get away with it and never learn but God is only ever and he always is loving to everything that he has created but even prior to creating the world the Bible teaches us that God has existed in himself in relationships of perfect love for all eternity. Uh, the Bible teaches that God is uh, one being but three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And so God has existed in this eternal perfect love of self-giving sacrificial love as as Father, Son and Holy Spirit love one another. Uh, the Father to the Son and the Spirit, and the Spirit to the Father and the Son. Perfect, self-giving love for all eternity. And it's from within those relationships of of perfect love uh, that that God creates the world. You see, in those relationships of perfect love, God has no need uh, for external love. God has no need for external affirmation. Instead, God creates the world as an overflow of His love. And He's designed us to love Him and to love one another. That's how we were created to be. That's how things are supposed to be the world that God has made is supposed to be ruled by him and run by us by self-giving sacrificial love and we've blown that haven't we Uh, that sort of sacrificial love is in short supply Uh, we don't do a great job at loving others like this and we certainly don't love God like this And in doing so the bible teaches us that we've broken the good world that god has made because god is love and we've broken his good world he's actually not going to leave us hanging he's going to do something about it if you look again at 1 john 4 that's what we see there in verse 9 we see what god's done about our failure to love Uh, 1 john 4 this is how God showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is God how God showed his love among us that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him that means God loves you he loves you and how do you know that God loves you What's the objective truth so that i can be sure that god loves me john says this is how god showed his love amongst us god demonstrated he, he made sure we understood it and how well he put flesh and bones on his love second half of verse 9 he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him you see god loves us so much that he he sent his beloved son his one and only son uh, the one whom he had loved from eternity past in perfection The one he loved before the creation of the world and yet he gives his son for us and why there in verse 10 this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins you see out of love God gives up his own son he gives him up to suffering and death and willingly Jesus the son goes in love for his father and in love for us and he goes and he atones for our sin he lays down his life in love for us so how do you know that god loves you you know that god loves you because god has sacrificed his own son in costly love for you and why did he do that what did it achieve it says there verse 9 so that you might live so that you might have life Uh, and the life that John is talking about here is life in connection with God reconnected to the the very source of life and love so that you can now have relationship with that God who made you and who loves you and who died for you and that's a life that then goes on for all eternity beyond the grave and so God has loved us in this sacrificial way without ever seeking to get back he sacrifices himself he pays the cost And he does this not just for those who love him. He doesn't do this just for those who love him. See, there in verse 10, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. You see, God looked down at the world and he didn't say, uh, Those people down there, they're doing such a great job at loving me and loving one another. Because they're doing such a great job, I'm going to go down and love them in return. No, exactly the opposite. God looks down and he says, these people down there, the ones that I made out of my, the overflow of my self giving love, they don't love me as they should. Well, I'm not giving up on them. I'm going to love them anyway, even if it costs me. Now, generally, we don't love like that, do we? It might be easy to love those who love us, our family, our close friends, other people who treat us well but the love gets turned off pretty quick if they're not kind to us if they've done something to hurt us even if they've just ignored us it's almost as though if they don't love us then we're almost free not to love them back Um, now there's uh, not many things in the world that I think I'm good at Um, I think I'm good at moving heavy objects I'm, I'm, I think I'm very good at catching things before they hit the floor, you know, something falls off the table and you just do the quick catch or you get your foot under it, that was, I'm pretty good at that, except the day that it was a knife, that was a bad day. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty good at making coffee, I'm happy to, I'm happy to claim that one. Uh, but that's about it really, I reckon, that's the list of things I'm good at. Uh, I do think there's something I'm kind of slightly above average at, and I think that is, I'm good at getting little kids to smile. I think I'm good at that. I can make them laugh, I can make them smile. Maybe something to do with my interesting face. Um, it's usually a bit of fun getting a little kid to smile, except this one time. Uh, some friends had had their first child, and they're, you know, they're, they're waiting for the first smile. They're, they're kind of cooing, they're gooing, they're garring, and nothing. nothing. Nothing's coming back. And then one day, I just pop my head in there, and out comes this big smile. <laughs> And my friend was not impressed. <laughs> he was not impressed at all. They'd been feeding him, they'd been doing the nappies, they'd been doing everything, no smile. And then I come along and I've literally done nothing for this kid, and I get the first smile. I'm not sure he's, the kid's 14 now, I'm not sure he's quite forgiven me for that. Uh, now, my friends there, they obviously continue to love their child, smile or no smile, right? Uh, I think they dealt that, I think he channeled his frustration not towards the child, but towards me. Um, I'm sure some psychologist can work that out. Um, uh, they're not about to stop caring for their baby because he hasn't smiled back. And that is a small, tiny picture of God's ongoing love for those who refuse him. We're not just not smiling at God. We're actually obnoxious and difficult. We show him no kindness, no warmth, rather actually we show him rebellion uh, that's how we've we are towards God and yet God loves us he loves us the unworthy the unlovable Now, uh, the Bible speaks about our situation before God as though we are enemies because that's what we've become we've thrown off his rule we've dethroned him as king we've declared war on God actually by refusing to love and obey him Uh, And that's a dangerous place for us to be. And even though we stand under the just judgment of God, the the just judgment of a loving God, because it would be unloving for him to not be just, even though that's where we stand, God loves us enough that he would send his one and only son, his beloved son, so that we can have life again, so we can be brought back to him. Uh, We can see that there in 1 John where it talks about Jesus' sacrifice. See, Jesus' death actually achieves something. Uh, It says there, it's an atoning sacrifice, an atoning death. Verse 10 again, this is love, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, our sin is what has made us unlovable before God. It's made us enemies of God. Our sin here is all the wrong that we do and all the right that we fail, all the right things that we fail to do. But Jesus came and he died as an atoning sacrifice for those sins. A sacrifice that satisfies God's just anger towards us. Uh, you, know, but you might be thinking again, God is love, how can he be angry? Well, it's important to realize that anger and love are not opposites. Uh, in fact, they're not even mutually exclusive. You see, if we really love someone, then we react to their wrongdoing appropriately. Like I said before if my kids make a mistake uh, it's not loving to go I don't want to upset them so I won't tell them that they're wrong it feels like much of our education system is going that way but you only to you're only going to leave them to make the same mistake over and over again and that is not loving that is not kind and God is not like that he steps in he provides the sacrifice of himself so that we might be set free and what's more incredible, what more incredible love is there in the world than this? This self-giving, this personally costly love from God. And so this morning, as we uh, celebrate Mother's Day, can I say the first priority for every single one of us here? The first priority is to ask ourselves the question, have I received this love from God? Have I received it? Do you know this love do you know god as your loving father have you had your sin atoned for by jesus so that there is no more sin now and you now live uh, with the hope and the expectation that you'll be with god and in relationship with god for all eternity and can i just encourage you today if you haven't done that if you haven't received the love of god in jesus then do that today then do that today there's also something that's quite remarkable about this passage see this love from god uh not only beautiful it not only achieves relationship with god and and life with god for all eternity but actually does something to us it changes us it changes us so that we are able to love others love them in the way that we have been loved by god Uh, have a look there in verse 11 if you're looking at the outline and you're thinking gee we're halfway through don't worry we're very close to the end don't worry have a look there in verse 11 dear friends since god so loved us so since god so loved us we ought to love one another no one has ever seen god but if we love one another god lives in us and his love is made complete in us I think uh, what John is saying there is that God has loved us in such a massive and such a a transformative way that if we have received this love from God, then we can't help but live in love for others. You see, a mark of the follower of Jesus is self-giving love. And we're to be people who pour ourselves out, who, who sacrifice, who share, who serve for the good of others. And the followers of Jesus, they're not to be people who take uh, not to be people who just build a life that is all about me and my comfort and my pleasure and my family now when the people of God live this way in self giving love transformed by the love that God has shown them in Jesus it actually becomes attractive to those around them it actually draws people in it actually gives people like motherhood does he gives people a little picture a little illustration of the love that God has shown them in Christ Um, I'm going to mention Adele again. Um, uh, Adele, if you ask her how she became a follower of Jesus, uh, one of the things she'll tell you is this. She was drawn into the Christian community when she saw the love that they had for one another. Uh, She went along to church, she went to the youth group, uh, and she saw something in that youth group that she had not seen anywhere else. Uh, Now, they weren't perfect. They were a bunch of awkward, smelly teenagers, just like every other group of teenagers. But she saw in something. She saw something in their relationships, and she saw something in the way that the youth group leaders related to the the kids that they led, and she saw this genuine, sacrificial love, a family sort of love, and the love that they had for each other, and the love they had for God. It overflowed to people outside, and how they treated her, and this love that she saw had this massive impact on her. And she wanted to know why. She wanted to know what was behind it. And what was behind it? Well, these people had been loved by God. They had been loved God, by God in a way that had transformed them. It had transformed them. So now that love they had been shown by God, it overflowed to others. So do you know the God? Do you know the, the love that God has shown you? Do you know God's sacrificial, life-giving, transforming love? As good as it is to be loved by your mum, it is even better to experience God's transforming love. Uh, John, the guy who wrote this part of the Bible, uh, he sums it up in his biography and probably some of the most famous verses in the Bible. He sums it up perfectly like this in John 3.16. And we'll finish with this for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him there is no greater love than this will you pray with me our father we uh, we ask that you be so good and gracious to us that you would help us to see and know the love that you have for us. Please, Father, also change us from the inside out so that we might love others in the way that you have loved us. And Lord, we pray that we might be a church that overflows this selfless, sacrificial love that you have shown us so that we might, so people might look at us and see in a small way the way that you have loved them in Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If the muses want to come up, we're going to uh, continue to reflect uh, and give thanks to God uh, for the love that he has shown us in Jesus, this selfless, sacrificial love that transforms us from the inside out. So please stand as we sing together.